The following program is a paid commercial, which has been paid for by the advertiser, whose products and or services are featured in this program. I'm feeling the good vibes, good vibes. Hey, hey, Marvelous Melissa, here we are. Hey, hey. Happy New Year. Happy We're New back. Year. We're at the K-Fox Studios doing our good vibes yes. only. Sped Lounge, our 19 Sped Lounge podcast, podcast. Super excited. First to be one here. for 2023. I know, I'm so excited. Me too. Always excited. Yeah, it's going to be amazing. So, we brought with us Miss Stella Moreno. So happy you're here. So, you're director of ECI, and you're going to tell us a little bit about the E, the C, and the, the I. I. Yeah? <laughs> so, <laughs> we want to hear a little bit about where you're at, and then if you could give us maybe a little background on your journey, what got you where you are, and then we can get into the specifics with the E, the C, and the I. So really important, and this is connected to Region 19. So tell us a little bit about how you became director, what ECI is, and how you are where you are. Okay, Um, so first of all, thank you so much for having me here so I can just go on about ECI. Yes. So I've been with ECI for probably over 30 years, and the program itself has been around for about over 35 years. And so a little bit about myself. Um, So I'm a speech pathologist by background. And been doing Speechy in the years. house. Yes, yes, another one. <laughs> yes. The RT show. yes. Um, so what, um, I guess what, what interested me in this profession was when I was young, um, no one could understand me other than my sister, who's just a year apart. Oh, interesting. And so she would just uh, be my interpreter, basically. My parents didn't understand me, just my sister. And so I went to speech therapy when I was four years old, four and five. At that time, it was called El Paso Rehab because they didn't have things like what we have now. So mm-hmm. there was no ECI then. So I remember a very positive um, background from that, I guess. Remember your experience, your own experience. I love that. Yeah, so I really enjoy that. And when I would work with parents, you Mm -hmm. know, sometimes their child wasn't talking or they would speak and no one could understand them. So I was able to relate to them, let them know, you know, I completely understand how your child is feeling. Mm -hmm. And so I would be able to share that, which I always loved. So that's what got me interested in becoming a speech pathologist. And I've been in the role of the director of ECI, of Region 19 ECI program, for approximately seven years. Wow. Oh, wow. Amazing. I love that connection that yes. you get to make with families on a personal level. Oh, yes. it's wonderful. It really is. Yeah, that's amazing. So seven years at ECI. So tell us a little bit about the E, the C, and the I for ECI. Okay. What is that? So that, that stands for ECI, Early Childhood Intervention. And it's a program we serve children from birth to 36 months of age. And it's a program for children who have may, may have a delay right. in any of the areas we look at. So we work with children who have maybe delays in the area of cognition, while they're mm-hmm. thinking things through, in communication, both on how they communicate and how they understand things as well, how they comprehend things, um, social-emotional, how they interact with others, how they engage with others, their behavior. Um, we also look at the fine motor and gross motor skills. Mm-hmm. That's how they use their larger muscles and their smaller muscles Thank as well. you, yeah. <laughs> so those are the areas of development that we look at. I believe I covered all five of them. And self-help, I'm sorry, one more, self-help. Mm-hmm. And how they can do things for themselves, even at that young age. So they are expected to do things. Sir, absolutely mm-hmm. they are, yes. So do the parents have to obtain consent from a physician or information from a physician before they even 
call you, for instance, or they have any concerns? So that's a wonderful question. Thank you so much, mm -hmm. Melissa. <laughs> so um, anyone can make the referral to ECI, anyone Great. at all, which is wonderful. So parents, yeah. the biggest thing is we want people to be aware of ECI early child intervention. Yes. Because anyone can make that call. That's great. Um, and so if a parent has a concern, whether it's regarding their feeding skills, mm -hmm. um, their behavior, their language, they're not walking, they're not talking, etc. any concern they have, they can call us. We have a 915-534-4ECI um, number. They can okay. place a referral there. They can get questions answered there as well. And so we really encourage parents to be aware of our programs and make those phone calls. We get a lot of referrals from the medical community, so a lot from physicians, mm -hmm. from the um, NICUs and the hospitals, okay. um, uh, CPS, Child Protective Services, lots mm -hmm. of community okay. agencies as well. Okay, that's great. That's great to know. So the best thing for a parent is don't wait, just call. Absolutely. Don't hesitate. If don't hesitate. Anything. Absolutely, yeah. because in the first three years of development, it's just so important. And yes. we really want to, to help families, help parents, yes. so that they can navigate this um, this special time with their child. Yes. Right. Yeah, and I definitely. feel like the, the sooner you get to them at those early ages, the sooner to the families learn to work with whatever those delays might be, mm -hmm. and they get to advocate for them as they go into those school years. Oh, absolutely. And the wonderful thing with ECI is that we work with the family in the yes. natural environment, which is great, which yes. means we go to the home. If the family's living in the shelter, we go to the shelter. If they're at a daycare, we go to the daycare, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So it's wonderful because we do what is called um, collaborative documentation, communication, et cetera. So it's a coaching model is what we use. Mm -hmm. So we're coaching the families, the parents, um, the legal guardians, because they're the ones who are gonna know their child the best. The parent mm -hmm. always is gonna be the expert on their child. Right, yes. We might be the experts with regards to development, but mm -hmm. not with their child. Exactly. So it's like such a nice collaboration. What a gift because they're giving you information about the specifics on that individual child. And then you're letting them know, you know, when you want to meet this milestone, these are the tools or strategies. So tell us a little bit about the people that would go into the home to get those gifts. Okay. Well, we have to start from the beginning then, first of all. So Okay. Perfect. No, I love no that. <laughs> Water break. <laughs> no problem. So once we receive a referral, um, we are expected to complete everything within 45 days. So there is a timeline that begins. So it's very okay. important for the parent to know. So once we get a formal referral, the timeline begins, and then we get going with everything. Mm -hmm. um, our program follows up with, a, with the parents. They contact us, you know, once they get the referral. We send out a letter as well. And so we communicate in some way. Then the evaluation is scheduled. Mm -hmm. So the evaluation is a multidisciplinary evaluation. So that means we have a therapist attending, which could be an occupational therapist, a physical therapist, or a speech language pathologist, as well as the service coordinator who's involved in the evaluation process. And many times we have, um, and of course, then the parents. Right. Hopefully both parents, at mm -hmm. least one. Mm -hmm. And so it's, um, we go to the home to do the evaluation and we conduct a formal evaluation using the DAISY, the developmental, um, assessment for children and so it's a it's a more formal but it's really nice because it's a parent-based interview so we're mm. asking the parents questions mm -hmm. and we're observing the child so basically as soon as we enter the home or they can also come to our program to our center and we complete the evaluation the evaluation starts and so we're watching what the interaction between the family what the child is doing etc 
Before this begins, too, we do have to have formal consent. Uh, our service coordinators go over all of the the procedural, the legal things, right. the consent, what we're about, what their rights are, etc. Because mm -hmm. it's always very important to, for the parents to realize their their rights as a parent. Because there's many rights that we grieve here with yes. them as well. Yes. So when that is determined, we review everything right then and then with the family, so so that they don't they don't have to wait. So right after the evaluation, we go over the results, etc. And if they want to enroll their child or the child is eligible, then we can go ahead and complete what is called the Individualized Family Service Plan, an IFSP, and that enrolls the child in our program. And so as you asked, Cheryl, regarding services, we offer a variety of services mm -hmm. dependent on the needs of the child, but more importantly, um, the ability for the parent to access services as well. Because what we don't want to do is overwhelm any family right because it's quite a bit you know when they come yes. and see us um the hope is that they won't need services because it's difficult for a parent to hear that perhaps their child has a delay mm -hmm. the wonderful thing is though we're there to help them through this which yeah, is really not great alone, which is great yes yeah. so then we have services so then it's discussed we go through what is called a routine based assessment following mm -hmm. the evaluation if the parent is interested in enrolling the child and we gain additional information as to what's going on within the routines within the household. They don't have to be structured, but you know, everybody wakes up, there's a certain routine when you go to sleep, when you take mm -hmm. a bath, mm -hmm. during meal times, etc. So we're looking at all those areas within the natural environment to see how we can best help the family Great. and provide strategies. So it's not like homework, we're providing strategies that they can do yes. within the home that's going to help their child. And so once we've done that, then we discuss services. By that time, the parent has identified mm -hmm. priorities for them because sometimes you know a family will come in a parent will come in and what they want for the most part is they want their child to walk and to talk yes and so often it's more than just the walking and the talking there's other <laughs> things going on so um during the evaluation process we're getting a lot of information and we're able to explain to the family how if they want them to talk but perhaps they're not even engaging with the parent they're not looking at them they're not um listening to them it doesn't mm -hmm. seem like they comprehend or they're going off and isolating themselves there's a lot of things we can look at mm -hmm. or there's a lot of temper tantrums there are many things that we look at so we try to identify um a hierarchy for the parent basically we want them to talk to where over at this level so that the parent realizes that we're going to look at the child as a whole not just one specific area mm -hmm. yeah. so following all of this yeah then we discuss services so we have a variety of services. We can provide occupational therapy services, and they're the ones who deal more with, like if there are sensory issues, because sometimes we get children who are in the, coming from the NICU. And so oftentimes, which is gonna be very natural for them, they've been in the NICU, and although mm -hmm. it's changed so much than when I first started, you know, they try to dim the lights, it's a more comfortable area, but still, mm -hmm. they're still exposed to the, the bells going off or different things. Yeah. So sometimes their bodies have cannot regulate a lot of sensories, sensations. Mm -hmm. So maybe the occupational therapist would come in to help with that. Sometimes they get very irritable yeah. because of the lights, et cetera, what they were exposed to. Yeah. Or sometimes we have children who are drug exposed at birth. So we're looking at sensory kinds of things. So they look at that, they look at self-help, they look at how they're using their fine muscles, their smaller muscles, mm -hmm. et cetera. We have a physical therapist, and they would look at more of the gross motor skills, how they're mm -hmm. using the larger muscles. Maybe the child um, isn't yet rolling over, and they're 12 months. Right. Maybe they're not sitting up, etc. So they're looking at all those things as well. Speech pathologists, they can work. Uh, they can work on feeding. They can work on language skills, on communication, on engagement, etc. Because I often have 
my friends tell me, you know, well, what do you do? You work with babies. How can you work with their their speaking? So oh, there's so, so much yes. communication oh, going God. on. And there is there's <laughs> yeah, so there much really communication is. besides mm -hmm. talking. Mm -hmm. Just like with you all, you're nodding yeah. your heads. <laughs> yeah, there's exactly. So, much communication. Yeah. so we go over that or just the feeding, you know, we get the ones who are the the preemies, you know, um, yeah. and so a lot of times feeding is an issue. But so we look at a lot of different things. So those are the three therapy areas. We have counseling as well, um, a dietitian. Mm -hmm. We usually refer back to the physician as well and get WIC involved. So we work a lot with community agencies as well. Which and one wonderful services that we provide only through ECI is called specialized skills training. Okay, and that's where we have an early intervention specialist work with the families to go over and they target the cognition, how their thinking is, their attention, mm -hmm. et cetera. Um, their social, emotional skills. You know, we want them to be able to engage with other people mm -hmm. and their ability to do things on their own to self-help. Yeah. So that's something that's very specific to ECI is our the specialized skills training services, which are excellent. And that's we great. provide service coordination. Mm -hmm. So every family is assigned a service coordinator to help them navigate all the community resources that yeah. are out there right. and might be specific to their needs. Mm -hmm. That's wonderful. So the one few things we do. Yeah, that's a lot of <laughs> that's that a lot do. of great gift stuff. Gift on top of gift. No, but it is important because like you're surrounding that family at the time where they didn't even know some of the questions yeah. they may have had or, you know, to your point, like I want to work on this, but it turns out, wow, there's all these other things I didn't even realize I might need to know about and to learn more about their child and where those goals are. Mm -hmm. So, what happens once they hit 37 months? Okay. <laughs> so, they are with uh -oh. us. Uh -oh. So basically, as soon as they start with us, we start the process which is called the transition process. Because we at no time want to just let them go and say, you know what, you turned three, that's it, we can't help you any no. longer. <laughs> so we start the process from the very beginning. Okay. It's official at 27 months and one day. We start formally introducing them to the transition process, mm -hmm. which means we work very closely with all the school districts. Okay. Um, because um, ECI, we're under the uh, IDA Part C for education, mm -hmm. and the schools work from 3 to 21 years of age with IDEA Part B. So we work very well together, which means basically if the parents consent to it, we can provide the school district with the child's information and basically a background on how they've been um, doing in ECI, evaluation report, progress notes, etc. So then the school does their own evaluation to see if there's still a need identified to continue with services. That's part of the transition, but we also work with community agencies in case some parents aren't, um, don't consent to the being referred to the school districts because their child is still very young and sometimes they just yeah. want to try something else out. Right. So we hook up with community services as well. Another big one would be Head Start. We work very closely with Head Start, which is wonderful. And we have a lot of our clients also in the early start which is Head Start, I believe, zero to 24 yes. months. Okay. So it's really wonderful. So we all work very closely together for yeah. the benefit of the child and the benefit of the family. That's great. And and what about daycares? Is there any like kind of general like, hey, daycares, you know, if you have any questions or concerns, you know, you can call ECI or anything like that. Is that? Absolutely. Okay. A few years back, we had a grant, a special grant to direct towards daycares to help them understand ECI. Mm -hmm. okay. And I believe Region 19 still has a grant going with them through okay. the Workforce Commission okay. and uh, solutions. So basically, we do reach out to daycares because 
Oftentimes we do get referrals from daycares as yeah. well. And they also want training. Yes. So through Region 19, I believe they can get some training. Yes. But they can also contact our program okay. and we will provide the training they need as well. That's to help awesome. them understand how to identify a child who might have mm -hmm. some difficulties mm -hmm. and how we can help them as well. So that's, that's an ongoing good. conversation we always have. Yeah, that's, that's incredible. And I'm assuming bilingual. Okay. The <laughs> no, it's really wonderful well, it's here in El Paso. Here, no, yeah. So basically, um, I would say 98% of our staff are rather fluent in Spanish. Some have more difficulty, but they're still proficient. Yeah. Those who aren't, we're working on it as well, because you're absolutely right. A large percentage of our population is primarily Spanish speaking. So we are able to dialogue with them and provide yeah. that in Spanish, which is yeah. excellent. Um, and parents really appreciate it. I know when I first yes. started many years ago, um, my first language is English, so I had to really build up my Spanish. Mm -hmm. But the parents were so wonderful, you know, in speaking with yeah. us and just having the dialogue. And they were so wonderful in helping me um, just learn more and more. Yeah, it's so it's wonderful. I always remember there was a client I had many mm -hmm. many years back, um, but he was adorable. But I was telling the mom in Spanish that you know he sounded a little bit um, because he had a repaired cleft palate mm -hmm. and there was some nasal. Sometimes coming out the noise right. like that. <laughs> but anyway, so great good, Nayla. Yes. Great example. <laughs> Thank you. As we, that was just we have to do. Yes. But anyway, so I, I haven't told seen that parent. from Cheryl. Just saying. You have to show so me one, Cheryl. I let the parent know. I said, you know, he sounds very, and I used the wrong word. I said lobster. <laughs> because it's, it's something I would do. And, and she just was very polite and very nice. And she looks at me and she says, no, 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 but I say, you know, and I'm thinking, and then I told her, I said, wait a minute. I think I said lobster, right? And she starts laughing. She goes, yes, and she gave me the correct word. But that's just an example. They were just so wonderful about working yeah. with me and helping me. But it's just a wonderful population we work with. Yeah. culture. So mm -hmm. yeah. that answers your question. Yes, ma'am, it sure does. <laughs> and I, while you were talking right now, I was thinking, I was like, gosh, you know, I think my first experience for um, in, in my life and in wanting to go through the journey of working with students with disabilities is when my brother was born. So my brother, he is born with Down syndrome and we're 10 years apart. He's actually gonna be 34 next week. Shout out to Trey! <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna be 34. But um, when I was at that age, I would go with my mom to his intervention uh, therapy so he would have his physical therapy and that's the one I saw and I was like, So it, it all started from that point on. I mean, I'm not a physical therapist. However, <laughs> I am working in, in the area yes. that, you know, that, that I'm in and, and I love. So thank you, ECI, and thank oh, you. Thank you for you. sharing that. Yeah, That's a wonderful course. story. Yeah. I mean, I think ECI touches so many families. Yes, yes, and, yes. Uh, many, many years ago, I worked a few years in the schools in many different settings as well. Um, but I remember working with children that were older, students that were older, mm -hmm. and I always remember a young man who had Down syndrome, mm -hmm. but unfortunately, um, the mindset at that time was that, you know, um, sometimes they weren't pushed so much. Yeah. It was a long time ago. Mm -hmm. And so as they got older, he had a lot of difficulties with um, his behavior. Mm -hmm. And so um, ECI, you know, we start that from very young so that the parents can feel very comfortable and competent with their child and yeah. helping them prepare for the future. Yes. And really there is, um, they can do so many things, not just a child, a person with Down syndrome, but you know, so many other yeah. things as well. Yeah. Um, 
I think especially if we have the expectations that, you know, they're going to do as best as they can. Yes. You know, yes. and have that motivation there. Yeah. And I think y'all working with the family and understanding that mindset from the from the very beginning makes mm -hmm. such a difference, you oh, know, and for the students, you know, the child's journey from three to 21 right. <laughs> for the rest. So I think that's that's so important. It is that exposure early on for families to realize that they can set those expectations and there's so much more to expect. The earlier we have those conversations later, they're not wondering, okay, now what do I do? You know, now what what's in it, you know, for my child to go to school? Is that possible? Are they gonna get along with other people? Or, you know, are other people gonna have those high expectations moving forward? So again, you know, as we started this, you know, talking about how you guys go in and really give the gift of, okay, you can self-advocate now, because now you yes. not only know your child personally, but now you understand what's expected of them and what they can do um, with the help that you're giving them. So I, I love the empowerment to the families learning to work hands-on with their child rather than you know once they get to school sometimes they go home it's like what'd you do today oh nothing yeah. you know <laughs> it's so, what an amazing it? opportunity to work in the home in that natural environment and mm -hmm. you know really understand and then give them that more individualized information oh. about their child no absolutely because in my past as well i worked in private clinics and you know unfortunately you don't get that for for pediatrics for the age we work with I think ECI is ideal. Yes. yes. As you said, we're training, coaching, coaching the yes. parents. And they're giving us so much back regarding mm -hmm. their child. And we always tell parents, go with your gut instinct. Yes. So, you know, when they, they have a baby and they don't know, but something's oh, just mm -hmm. troubling or a little bit off or they can't understand it, just make that call because parents really really know their child the best yes they are an really expert important. on their child yes so to be able to provide that and you see a parent grow and their confidence with their ability to work with a child who might have some special needs mm -hmm. and then they become such a strong advocate of their child at this young age because they're going to carry those skills over through school yeah yes. and after school as well right yes. so yeah, really important. I love all the stories you shared and how um, this has been like a personal journey for you on where you are and why you have such passion for what you do as the director of UCI. And we appreciate that about you. So we thank you so much for joining yes. us today. Thank you so much. Thank you for having and I, me And I here. do want to say, Stella, that, yes. you know, whenever you decide that you want to move on and do something else, I really think you should do like a stress-free app like how to like reduce stress because your voice is just it's so, so calming. calming or like you know like those bedtime stories to help you go to sleep Just put stella on okay once upon a time i love your voice it's Thank so you. calming yeah usually melissa's way louder doing this yeah you, you got me from like very, oh. which is really nice oh, so. thank you no not yet <laughs> The Special Education Information Center is proud to provide resources and interactive features to help bridge the partnership between schools and families. Live chat with experts as we help you understand your child's disability, your rights, and what options are available to you. Spedtext.org. The preceding program was a paid commercial, which has been paid for by the advertiser, whose products and or services are featured in this program.